Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie Harris. It is May the 6th, and we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. And we're basing uh, yesterday's, today's, probably tomorrow's and following day's Indeed. podcast on the success principles as written by uh, Napoleon Hill. Yes, and this is from one of his lesser-known works, although it's much longer and more robust than what we usually think about, Think and Grow Rich, which is also awesome. Um, but this is from his 17 success principles, uh, Napoleon Hill. And so we're going to try and make these, you know, applicable and practical for you guys to apply to your business. That's right. And so um, a lot of the interesting feedback I had from yesterday's podcast, because I always uh, read it, was a lot of people thanking us for reminding them to listen to and tune back into Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And it is, that's definitely, if you guys want to have any sort of mindset tune up, that's definitely the first place to go. Pretty much every single modern, um, you know, pontificator about mindset, they're all, whether they know it or not, they're all basically just repeating what Napoleon Hill said way back in the 20s and the 30s. So go to the source information and so that's not all, you know, a lot of the modern stuff is really, um, it's really watered down what the essence of Napoleon Hill's message was. So again, we strong, we're strong advocates of reading Think and Grow Rich. We've listened to it before. Actually, Julie, isn't there a Think and Grow Rich movie on Amazon or something? that's coming out soon. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and guys, if you want the book for free, well, we give it to you. It's the public domain version of the book. And all you've got to do is text 2021 to 47372. Just text 2021 to 47372. And when you do, we'll text you back the link to download Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate along with the Real Estate Treasure Map. Those two work in conjunction perfectly. Those of you who are regular podcast listeners know exactly what I'm talking about, that when you download the real estate treasure map, it is designed for you as a fill in the blank business and life plan. If you're needing inspiration as you're completing the plan, the move is just to read Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, and it'll get you all the way into the end zone. So do that right now. Just go ahead and text 2021 to 47372. So Julie, we're moving on to success principle number four. Yes. So the number four is uh, principle of success number four, going the extra mile is the theme here. Going the extra mile is rendering more and better service than you are paid for with with a positive mental attitude about it. And in fact, in uh, Thinking Grow Rich, he shortens the positive mental attitude and refers to it as as watching your PMA. So I think that's interesting that there's two parts to this. Rendering more and better service, but also with a positive mental attitude, feeling good about it. So I wrote down just three thoughts from that. One is the it's my pleasure attitude. And if you program yourself to always say, when somebody says thank you, to say, it's my pleasure, that reinforces your positive mental uh, attitude. Just by saying it, even if you don't necessarily feel it, subconsciously, you're going to start feeling it. But I'll tell you what, you were reading that point where my mind went. Going the extra mile is rendering a more and better service than uh, you're paid for with a positive mental attitude. That is a sort of a, uh, I guess, a a cousin to doing what you don't want to do and you yes. don't want to do at the highest level. Mm-hmm. But the last bit of our saying is really where I think at that success for, at the highest level, right? And so it's interesting when you are going through the process of learning something, when you're wanting to be really good at it, you can show up, 
you can go through the motions. You can, you know, like say, for example, you're learning to pick up the phone and you're going to start uh, directly soliciting, contacting, proactively communicating with uh, prospective sellers, right? And so a lot of you will, you know, loathfully go through the uh, actions of maybe forcing yourself to do it. You know, you'll go and you'll get the list, you'll start making the calls, you'll read the script, you'll go through the process, but you're really not doing it with any sort of intensity. You're really not doing it with the intention of helping people, let alone setting a listing appointment. And as a result, you don't get any results from it. And maybe you have, um, you know, you're being forced to do it or coerced to do it. And you keep on doing it, you keep on doing it. And eventually what's going to happen is you're going to make one call. You're going to feel a little bit different. Maybe the caffeine is hitting at the exact moment when you're supposed to be asking for the appointment. Then all of a sudden, your energy level is going to tick up a few notches. And all of a sudden, you're going to start feeling like, you know, you're you're really in tune with wanting to help this person solve the problem with the house. And all of a sudden, you set the appointment. And then as soon as you, that happens, and by the way, you don't have to painfully go through this learning process. You can just skip to the point where you're setting the appointment if you just accept what we're saying is true. It's doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. The at the highest level... That's what I'm suggesting to all of you. It doesn't necessarily have to just be if you had the caffeine at the hit the right the moment. It doesn't have to be when you just feel a certain way. It, at the highest moment, do, at the highest level, doesn't just mean it's when you have passion or when you have the certain, you know, your emotional stars are aligning. You can manifest that um, feeling that gets you the better result by essentially aligning yourself with what your highest truest uh, purpose on this planet is, which is being of service to other people. So if you're making those contacts and you're calling people and you're not necessarily feeling like it, because by the way, you never really will feel like it. If you want to manifest a superpower that will make it so that you're almost unnaturally more effective at setting the appointment, just think about how you can help the person that you're talking to. The helping, the actually wanting to be of service makes you internally feel more fulfilled. It will actually make you more uh, effective when you're setting that appointment. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And this is related to under promise and over deliver. And gosh, you know, the first time I was really taking this point seriously in our business, I remember making a list of all of the different places that you're in contact with your prospects. Moments your clients, of truth. Moments of truth, right? And so there's so many places where you can actually do this under promise and over deliver. And some of it's really simple. Let's say that it typically takes two days to get a sign in the yard. Maybe you've got a sign placement company, or maybe that's how long you usually take. Well, let the seller know it's typically that it'll take about two, maybe three days to get the sign in the yard and then have it show up that evening. You know, have overwhelming value. Be have them be surprised. Have them be amazed. Have them want to pay you more. Okay. But you know, there's real simple ways. So to many do this. places. There's real simple ways to do this, though. Really, I mean, talking about moments of truth, you're kind of meandering, and so am I. But the truth is, is the simplest way to really impress a seller is by simply calling them back fast or answering it, your phone when they call. Exactly. That's really the best way to really make an impression upon somebody that you care about them and care about helping them is that you're really furious with your lead follow-up, which we call furiously fast lead follow-up. And you're really furious with furiously fast with calling people or answering the phone in the first place. But the other, the other touch points you have in your business is not only when they come in contact with you, but when you come in contact with them, but do you have a pre-listing pack? Are you following a professional listing presentation? Are you actually, you know, showing up to the listing appointment looking like a professional? Are you seriously um, going the extra mile to make it so that these people know that you are there to be of service to them? If you show up, if you go on a listing appointment without a pre-listing pack and you're competing against somebody that has a good pre-listing pack, instantly you're going to be on your heels and you're going to lose most likely because of the fact the other agent is more prepared, more professional, and more respectful of the opportunity of working with that seller. That's right. And, you know, this really does apply to everything like, you know, showing up early 
what's the saying? Uh, on time is late and early is on time. So things like that, how you look, what your handshake is like, how quickly you call people back, all of these things. And uh, in our coaching material, Tim, there's a section that we do uh, emphasizing that you are competing all the time from the first time you speak with somebody until the, they are finally closed at every level all the time. Like you said, if you're the only one without a pre-listing package, you lose. If you've got a crappy pre-listing package, you lose. You know, if you show up late, you lose. So it's knowing all of that, follow the fourth success principle. Go the extra mile. Principle of success numero cinco, rule number five. Yes, embodying a pleasing personality. Isn't that a nice way of saying it? <laughs> yeah, don't be a jerk. We summarized <laughs> that jerk. one. Rule number six. No, go ahead, Julie. <laughs> okay, so our personality is the sum total of our mental, spiritual, and physical traits and habits. An attractive personality is assembled by controlling and guiding our emotions, practicing courtesy and having a positive attitude, or you might say, don't be a jerk. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I wrote down, how are you honing your mental, spiritual, and physical traits and habits? Are you working on it? Are you actively working on yourself? Or are you busy criticizing and judging other people in situations? Another reason why social media is generally a waste of time. Because and media, too much of that. And media in general. So increase your exposure to people, places, and things that you'd like to integrate into your own personality. Remember what he said, our personality is the sum total of your mental, spiritual, and physical traits and habits. So since you can control your mental, spiritual, physical traits and habits, it's best to work on those things and create that personality that's pleasing. How do you know? Well, look around. <laughs> you know, are, are you working only with people that you instantly click with? It's got to be your personality style well, you're or do go, you have versatility? Well, so versatility and also are you talking about yourself? Well, if you're trying to mm -hmm. like decipher what that, you know, Julie's quote was, the essence of it is, is are you focusing on you or are you focusing on the other people? It's really other an person? question, isn't it? It truly is. And in, you're essentially, if you're focusing on, just listen to how often you talk about yourself. There's just the, the surefire way of knowing whether you're attracting or detracting people from you. Are you asking them questions or are you looking for every opportunity to basically tell them about you? Nobody really, in, especially in a sales environment, but really in life in general, if you want to make friends quickly, the key is just to ask them questions. And it's not questions like you're interrogating them or you're like some sort of reporter, but questions like you're genuinely showing interest in them. For example, if you want people to perceive that you're a likable person, you know how you do it? Be a likable person by showing interest in them. And the one of the surefire easiest paths to follow is just a simple Ford script, right? Family, when, like when you're talking to people, ask them questions. First of all, start to getting them to talk about their family. You know, how long have you lived here? Are you from here? Does your family live here? You know, if it's, you know, if uh, you're talking to someone about their kids, well, that's an easy conversation. Everyone likes to talk about their kids. Mm -hmm. They but don't do, have kids to talk about their pets. But don't get caught talking about yourself. That's the key. If you are the family conversation runs a little dry, then move on to talking about what they do for a living. Now, a lot of men, what they'll do is they'll kind of glaze, graze over the a glaze over. They'll move off the family relatively quick, which is fine. And then they'll focus on the occupation or they'll focus on the next uh, letter, which is R, which is recreation and D, which is dreams. But most men, you'll see, they'll gravitate right towards talking about work and hobbies, basically. And a lot of women are going to focus on the first one, which is going to be family and mostly if they have kids talking about their children. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just understand the key is not to talk about yourself. Ask them questions. Show genuine interest. And it's a skill. It's a practice skill, though. And
And the first thing to do if you want to get good at it is monitor. Just listen to how you, you need, when you say the word I, when you're talking about yourself, you need to start tasting a little bit of bile in the back of your throat. I, me, my, mine, all of those words. Right. Because what you're doing is you're essentially making it so that you are pushing them away. So the key, one of the key and the easiest ways to, you know, one of the keys to becoming somebody who people want to be around is always showing interest in them, always asking them questions, never talking about yourself and monitor to see how frequently you do it. And then when you, and realtors do this all the damn time, they, yeah. you know, it's, it's really a, it's a chronic problem. Well, I should say inexperienced, uh, unpolished, um, you know, agents will be the ones that talk about themselves all the time. And they actually think that people are choosing to do business with them because of them more than say, for example, the services that they'll provide. And that's another confusing thing, especially for those of you who believe branding is something, right? The brand has to be me, my lifestyle, me, 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 me. It's a bunch of ego crap. And the reality of it is, is brand, I'll tell you guys a story. And I wrote this down. I was meaning to share this with you yesterday. So Julie and I've been in the business since the early nineties, right? Our first year in business, we sold a hundred houses. And by the time we were in our mid twenties, we were made made, uh, made into Howard Britton stars, right? So at a Howard Britton conference, and back in the day, being invited to a Howard Britton conference, let alone uh, being a Howard Britton star, was pretty much the peak of fame in the real estate industry, just to kind of use modern way, words, right? So we were at a Howard Britton event, and this is, and you guys, especially those of you who are new, don't realize that there are no new ideas nowadays. They're all basically um, iterations of what was created way back in the 80s and the 90s. The branding, the teams, the marketing, the logos, the all this, the other thing. The, all that stuff basically was a uh, an idea that came and went, and, that, and it comes back every time there's, guess what? A lot of money in real estate. So whenever there's cash flowing in, age, in real estate, you see agents looking to or being tricked into spending money on things that are silly. So I remember being at this Howard Britton conference and there was this guy that would show up occasionally. His name was Jim Duvall and Jim's wife was Marianne Duvall. Marianne was a Howard Britton star, but Jim was a incredibly successful businessman. He owned all kinds of things, including part of the Florida Marlins. He since uh, passed away, but he, um, you know, just a fascinating guy. I remember being at this table at the back of this big conference, or Howard would put all these tables up at the back of this conference hall, and Howard would have two to 3,000 attendees that would show up, and there would maybe be 50 or 60 of us stars. So the attendees and the stars were all uh, supposed to put up all their marketing stuff, propaganda, all that stuff in the back. And so you saw agents that were spending tons and tons of money on fancy brochures, business cards, videos, pictures of them with their moving trucks and their dogs and their, some of them had hot air balloons. They're just spending extraordinary amounts of money because they had been suckered into believing they had to create a brand, right? They believed that if they had this brand, people would call them. That was the great myth. It's still the great myth nowadays. And I remember being at that back table and Jim Duvall walked past and I was standing there looking at uh, some of the junk and there were a whole bunch of other agents that were like, you know, oh my gosh, look how cool that is and that is. And they're all sort of like, you know, uh, wanting to copy what these Howard Britton stars were doing with just thinking well, if a Howard Britton star was doing it, it must actually work. And Jim Duvall goes, you know what? You can always tell when the market's hot because agents spend their money on dumb stuff. He just said that and he walked away. In other words, what he said was in essence, when agents are starting to make a lot of money, they have a tendency to be easy targets for people that are trying to sell them gimmicks. And that's exactly what's happening now. That's what's happening and a lot of the branding stuff that would have been popular in the 90s has been replaced with a lot of the social networking stuff. And I'm going to tell you guys another story. And this actually happened uh, last week. Again, something else I was remiss in telling you. And I apologize. I had a um, an agent reach out to me directly 
And uh, he was asking questions about our coaching program or whatever, but he also asked a couple questions. Now, sometimes I just respond in text and I just forward him the, those types of things to my new member coaches and they'll call you guys back and answer all your questions about our coaching programs. But in this one in particular, he asked a question that kind of caught my eye. So I called him and he wasn't expecting me to call him. And then, um, see, we started talking about his business and he asked, and I, he was telling me all this, he sent me a video and I watched it on my phone and I watched this video that he did, which was incredible, incredibly well done. It was actually, I mean, the damn thing could have won. What do you win for a great movie? Oscar or Emmy or something. I mean, it wasn't very long. It was on YouTube and TikTok, and it was funny and it was well done. The light, you could tell this guy had put in days in making this little damn video. Just, but it was funny and honestly it was really good. It, it truly was really good. Um, so I watched this video and then remember, I'm a business coach. My job is to help you make, you know, help people make you money, right? So I asked him exactly how much business did he get from that? Um, he was with a competing coaching company, okay? That's just, I'll just throw that out there too. That's probably the reason it caught my eye and I called him back, probably. right? And, well, that is the reason why. So I called him back and, and he told me about this great video. I watched the video. He wanted me to be proud of the video. And then I told him it was a great video. You may, I told him maybe he should have gone to film school, opposed to real estate school, the whole thing. Because it was good. I wasn't just buttering him up. Yeah. And then I asked him how much business he got from it. Oh, he said, oh, no, I, I didn't get any business from it. Like, Tim, what the hell are you saying? I mean, what are you, a, a rock crusher? How can you not know you're not supposed to get business from your right. video? To which then I asked him, so what, explain, why are you doing this? Well, and when do you expect to get business from it? Who told you to do this? And then he started telling me I'm involved in this, you know, fairy tale based coaching company. And they're telling me to do constant videos. And I'm, and I'm not supposed to be getting any sort of direct response or results from any of these videos. I'm just supposed to be doing more and more and more and more and more and more and more of them. And over time, eventually someday, I'll have created a bunch of videos that with my keywords that are associated with the videos that all of a sudden people are start calling. To which I then obviously ask, well, how long is this supposed to take? How long is it supposed to last? When exactly are you supposed to see results from this? How are you going to pay your bills in the meantime? And why don't you instead, if, if assuming your goal is, and I asked him again, and I always ask you guys this too on the podcast, you know, what is your goal? Why are you in real estate? Are you trying to basically create all these free movies to entertain people that might someday be interested in doing a real estate transaction? Or are you out there to help people make money? And I, and, and he was, he absolutely had spent, like I said, hours, if not days making this video, had not done anything proactive. He had like one closing coming from his aunt Betty who listed a house with him. It was virtually no business was coming from all this Mickey mouse that he was doing. And he was believing that that was the path forward for him to make money. Right. Do you guys understand the lie with what I'm telling you? It's branding. And then I asked him, so how long have you given yourself to basically make this work for you? And he said, well, there's no, you know, there's no, uh, there's no time. Limit. I'm just going to do this forever until it makes money for me. I said, so how much money do you have saved? And he didn't really feel comfortable answering the question, which was fine. And I said, I'm going to assume you don't have more than maybe, maybe two months worth of savings, to which he agreed. He didn't have more than two months worth of savings. And what are you doing besides making these videos to proactively generate business? Nothing. You guys see where we're going with this? So I said, why don't you instead, you know, if let's just assume you put in 20 hours into making this video. He didn't know, but it, from the way I described it, it, all the effort he put into it, he, this guy involved his kids. This thing was so fancy, right? He said, you know, he didn't argue with the 20 hours. I said, do you realize in that same 20 hours, you probably could have set five or six listing appointments. And even if you're amateur, you should, you could have taken three. And in your marketplace, those three uh, listing, those three sales, which would have sold rel relatively you know, fast, would have made you probably about 40 grand because I did the math because, you know, I knew his price range and his market because we have coaching clients there. 
And I said, so why are you spending all this time making these videos if you can just basically spend about you know a tenth of the time and actually go directly after the business and help people that have their hands in their air already you know waiting there for you to call them and make um, and help them sell a house? To which he didn't have an answer. Okay, nobody had ever asked him that. Before. No, he no. So his only exposure had been to these lies. His only exposure had been to the fact that he's supposed to be spending all of his time doing this Mickey Mouse. He never actually, other than being an occasional podcast listener, he never actually had any exposure to the truth about how you be, are, you're successful in this business long term. Now, the call ended. I suggested he look into our coaching program. I sent him over to our new member coaches. I didn't even follow up. I don't know whether or not he ended up enrolling or he didn't, but here's what happened. He texts me a couple days later and he said it basically was, you know, it hurt his feelings. He was offended, um, you know, all these negative feelings. But then he said he thought about it again for longer and realized that he had been following the wrong path and realized the reason that he got into real estate was to take care of his kids, take care of his family, take care of himself, and wasn't to become some sort of internet celebrity influencer type, which is the path that he had been fooled to believe was the only way for him to be successful. How many of you right now listening to me are on that same path believing that bullshit? How many? How many of you right now are thinking that that's the way forward, that you somehow have to make yourself into a, a cinema, is it cinematographer? Cinematographer. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And you have to make yourself into an actor and some sort of film editor, some sort of all this, and you have to spend all this money. How many of you actually believe that's true? Why do you believe it's true? Now, if you do enough of those videos, and if you spend enough money and time at it, and you have enough people working for you, and you have enough syndication, and you just do it at an unbelievably professionally high level, and you actually become somebody whose you know, videos and whatnot start getting massive following, yes, you absolutely can make money doing that. Julie and I have friends that are absolutely making millions of dollars per year as YouTube influencers. We do. But they're not selling houses for a living. But they're not selling houses for a living. And furthermore, if you, again, how long did it take them to get there? How much effort did they put in? How much money are they, did they lose? You know, basically, like, if it's not, if you have to hire, like, another coaching call I had, okay, just long story short, similar conversation, but this guy hadn't made the mistake of doing all that social Mickey Mouse. And he said he knew another agent in his market who basically has the guy fall, he, the agent, has a little uh, film crew following him around constantly. And it basically, he's constantly filming everything he possibly does. And the guy just uh, doubles, triples, quadruples down on all the social stuff. And the guy said, you know, we were, I was asking him, what do you think the guy's actually making in terms of net uh, income? And the guy said, I don't know. And so the assignment I gave to him was to go on the MLS, find out any closings he had, multiply it out and try to do the money backwards. And the conclusion was, is he's spending all of his money which would have been profit trying to create a brand. And guys, this is the lie of real estate right now. And these things only happen when the market's hot. And as soon as the market changes, as soon as it starts becoming a transition market, let alone a buyer's market, then you're going to see all of these fools trying to, that who are selling you all this gimmicky snake oil stuff, they all melt away. They all go away. And we, these cycles happen all the time in real estate. And we're right now at the peak of the silly cycle, basically, is what's going on sure. right now. And so everybody and their brother is an internet marketing uh, you know, genius guru trying to sell you some sort of easy button other than just simply being in alignment with, your, with what your highest and truest purpose in this planet is, which is being of service to other people. What those guys are trying to do is they're trying to basically feed into your ego. The stuff that's what they're prescribing for you to do is the exact opposite of what it actually takes to attract people to you, to make people want to do business with you. Those videos and all that stuff, it's all about you. You need to make it all about the person you're trying to help. 
Charlie Munger once said, and this is a great quote, don't try to make yourself famous, try to make your work famous, or more specifically, try to make the results that you get for other people famous, and then you will have never-ending streams of opportunity. I think he would have been good friends with Napoleon Hill, based yeah. on what you just said. That's a Who? great quote. Me or Charlie. Charlie Munger. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Principal, uh, uh, matter of fact, they're probably about the same age. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, Charlie's probably. like Charlie's yeah. like 100. Well, of course, Napoleon would be like 200 now. But, and it, well, probably more like 150. Yeah. I, don't I think, think he died in the that. 70s, actually. I think you're right. Yeah. Principle of success number uh, six. All right. Here we are with accountability again. Taking personal initiative. Personal initiative is the inner power that inspires all action to get started and completed. Procrastination prevents all success and achievement. So let me read that again, because he's really good with packing a lot into a couple of short sentences here. Personal initiative is the inner power that inspires all action to get started and completed. Procrastination prevents all success and achievement. So the first thing that I thought of is a great um, kind of an affirmation. I use it all the time. I use it in coaching all the time. And if you say this to yourself, even 20 times in one day, you are going to get more stuff done. I'm a doer. I do things now. I get things done. Right. I'm, I'm a doer. I do things now. I get things done. You're owning it. And, you know, good luck procrastinating after you say that. And so it's interesting. Why do people leave projects half done? Why do people procrastinate? Because they get a little ego payoff for not actually having to do what they don't want to do when mm-hmm. they don't want to do it at the highest level. That's really what it Nobody is. Nobody likes to be told what to do, even if it's yourself telling you to do it. Right. It's a little immature child inside of you called your ego, who's, which basically is telling you you don't have to basically be 100%. You can just sort of hack your way through things and never actually get things completely done. That's what procrastinating truly is. I have to say one of the things that I was attracted to about you when we were kids and we met was you said that one of your principles was you get things done. When you start a project, you finish them. Okay. And I always like that about you. Well, thank you. But I do specifically remember uh, the context of that because mm-hmm. I remember when I was about Zoe's age mm-hmm. in elementary school, I remember for the most part, like I was never, my parents didn't press me to necessarily get any of my schoolwork done. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'd be in classrooms uh, and I would never basically be much of an achiever. And there was a specific art project that was something that I, and I was a pretty decent little artist. And so I didn't get it done. I didn't get any awards or anything like that because I only got it half done. And I remember telling myself, that I was never going to, I was going to move. I was going to be the person that got things. I didn't actually have my little kid brain didn't say, I'm a doer. I do things now. I get things done. I did, wasn't saying that. I just said to myself, I'm never going to make it so that I don't win anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, if I can win, I'm going to win. And so that was the thing is the, and the easiest way to win in life is when Napoleon Hill's previous quote here, but it's having energy and enthusiasm, but just following through. Sure. Following I mean, through is huge. If all you do in real estate is you have energy and enthusiasm and you actually call people back or you answer the phone when they call. In other words, you have furiously fast lead follow-up. You have energy and enthusiasm. Even if you're kind of crusty at everything else, you're going to win more often than you don't because those are two qualities and characteristics that most people don't recognize as being so critically important for lifelong success. And you do what you promise that you're going to do. You do it quickly. You you under-promise and over-deliver. It's all related, these points. Okay, so here's an introspective question related to your sixth uh, success principle. Are you stuck getting ready to get started to someday possibly take action? Have you put up all of these things in front of you that, gosh, as soon as this happens, I'll get busy. As soon as that happens, I'm going to take action. Are you stuck 
getting ready to get started to someday possibly take action. What's the saying? God willing, and if the creek don't rise. <laughs> well, okay. From Southern so, Ohio, maybe. Uh, that's right. But that is nothing other than basically being procrastination. lazy. It's procrastination. So use the word lazy. When you're procrastinating, just don't, call it what it is. Call it what it is. Say, I am being lazy. And when you, and I know, I'll tell you something funny. Sometimes uh, as a uh, form of confrontations, which is often what it takes with uh, jarheads on coaching calls occasionally, <laughs> or blockheads rather, you have to call them what they are being, which is lazy. Of course, they want to make it some sort of big mindset thing where they're going to talk about like, you know, who knows what, right? The rationalization and how it's not their fault and why they didn't get something done and the stars didn't align. And if this had happened, then that happened. In other words, it's all kinds of obfuscation for actually taking, you know, basically owning their own current reality. And so if you just straight up as a coach say, you know what, that's all fine and dandy. Uh, and maybe your mama or your dog will believe you and, you know, or Dr. Phil will want to hear all this. But the bottom line is, is the only reason you didn't get it done is because you were straight up lazy. Now that is, you know, not for everyone, but the fact is, is that's true for everyone. When you don't get something done, it's because you're just being lazy. You didn't do what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. That's lazy. If you have a kid that, uh, you know, doesn't get something done completely, you know, that's not it. There's not, it's not because that there's any sort of anything going on in their lives or something, you know, external. It's just because they were being lazy. Call it for what it is. Treat things for what they are. Stop making things opaque. Well, and even if your excuse is you didn't get something done because you didn't know how to do it, staying there is lazy because all you have to do is ask for help. Well, just it's by saying related. you didn't know how to do it is another You're way. You're trying to get out of it. You're just getting out of it, right? You know, it's like saying, I didn't know how to do it, so I didn't do it. Well, how hard is it nowadays to figure out how to do anything? Anything. I mean, there's there's 10 videos on on YouTube for every single, well, a thousand <laughs> videos on YouTube yeah. for about every possible question you could always have, anything you'd ever want to solve. I mean, well, you can I know. Hit well, I mean, I walked into uh, Zoe's virtual school one day and she had up uh, Google Translate. Yeah. I didn't know she knew how to do that. I said, Zoe, what are you doing? She's like, I, I had to do that to figure out how to write the sentence in Spanish. In other words, I mean, she, she figured out to look it up and she figured out how to translate it so that she could get it done quickly, more quickly and more efficiently. Some might call that cheating. No, she still had to write it down. She still had to learn it. She still had to make a video on it and get quizzed on it. But she was getting it done by asking for help, right? I mean, let's say you don't oh, have... Blah, blah, blah. What? Google Translate isn't asking for help. Google Translate well, is asking for the answer. I suppose you could. You can see our way. parenting styles here. Listeners are slightly different. Except that her Spanish is better than yours, but that's well, okay. Yeah, that's true. But let's say that you, you know, maybe that your biggest light bulb last week was, gosh, I need to have a pre-listing package. Yep. Okay, but... All right, so how do I get that done? I don't know how to get that done. So how long are you going to stay and I don't know how to do it? It keeps on not years. getting done. Most people do it for years. And and if if it's not for years, it's long enough that they finally will do it when they lose a listing they thought they had in a bag. I don't know how to lose weight. I don't know how to yeah, save money. Eat less. I don't know right. I don't know how to stop overeating. I don't know how to stop having a negative mindset. I don't know how. I don't know how. That's basically saying I'm a victim of something that's outside of me that I cannot control, and I'm going to have that yeah. as my excuse, so I never have to take any action for it. Which is also lazy. Yeah, it's lazy. I mean, it is intellectually, morally, financially, spiritually, you know, and oftentimes physically lazy. That's it. Own the word. 
And if you're not lazy and somebody calls you lazy, you aren't offended by the word. So if you're offended when someone calls you lazy, or maybe if I, you know, you guys are lazy right now for actually buying leads. That's just straight up being lazy, not doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level. If you're offended by that, it's because it's true. Because if you were not, if you're, if you had someone refer to you as, or call you lazy and you're not being lazy, then you're not offended by it. It actually seems like sort of a joke when someone who is a high achiever that gets things done, when that person's accused of being lazy, it's actually is a joke because, you know. It's obviously, it's obviously not true. Yeah. Well, so how do you turn all this around? I don't want to end on a negative note like that. What do you do about this? There's that word again. What do you actually do? Okay. So if it's meant to be, it's up to me. You have to own your goals. Take steps daily through your proactive actions to move the needle for yourself and your family. You don't have to know what the sixth step is. You just have to take the first step because by the time you do that, the next steps are probably going to change anyway. Yeah. And don't stop with the, I need to work on my mindset or I need to, all these other things. Your mindset and everything else changes when you start moving forward and doing things physically, your mental and your emotions, how you feel um, and how you think will always follow your actions. So your actions are what you lead with, not your thoughts. You can say, I want to, you know, learn how to be a great listing agent, right? But if you stay in the learning how to stage forever, you're never actually going to be a, a great listing agent. It, you could take years and years and years and years and then finally get your pre-listing pack done. Whereas the reality of it is, and by the way, when you join our coaching program, the pre-listing pack's already done. All you've got to do is just essentially use what we've already created for you. Whereas if you really were serious about obtaining success in any aspect of your life, what you're going to do is you're going to proactively lead generate, set appointments, and then you're going to learn on the job. Oh, Tim, I cannot actually you know, solicit somebody, talk with somebody, uh, physical or expired until I have 17,000 hours of role playing and accountability yeah. partners. Nope. You want an accountability partner, do it because you set a listing appointment for tomorrow at four o'clock and you're going to be in front of a seller that's ready to sell. That's going to give you motivation. Well, you, you know who the greatest role play partners are. Actual sellers. prospects. Yeah. The actual <laughs> yeah. sellers. Exactly. If you want to, if you want to role play your scripts and dialogues, call a seller. Don't worry about trying to find somebody who's equally as inexperienced as you and thinking somehow they're going to make you better. That is not how it actually works in most cases, unless you're being guided by a coach, unless you and this other person are ideally being guided by the same coach. All right, guys. I mean, this is what we're all about. It's the no BS approach to business and life. Hopefully you're appreciating it. I happen to know you are (laughs) because this continues to be the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation. Thank you for all the great five-star reviews. Thank you for continuing to make uh, Harris rules. Uh, It's it's not quite there yet, but it's going to probably be the best-selling a book for real estate agents uh, building their business. That it's in that old tight niche, but that is what the that's what we specialize in helping real estate agents build their businesses. Uh, and our book Harris Rules. It looks like it's going to be the number one uh, book of all time in that particular space, which is fantastic. If you've not purchased Harris Rules yet, it is available at all major booksellers and on Audible. So make sure you pick it up. It's called Harris Rules. And of course, you can get it on Amazon. Almost 500 five-star reviews. In the meantime, if you guys need to get hold of us for anything, you can email me. Uh, I'm sorry, text me directly. It's 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. Thanks. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.